Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, everybody, to Taproom Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. That is my partner, Mr. Big Ballin' Ben Larson, and we are being brought to you tonight by my bookie, the best sports book for everyone, anywhere, and the best part is you always have access to the action, whether you're at home or on the go. Visit the website online today at mybookie.ag and use promo code TAPROOM to grab yourself a deposit bonus, bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. What's going on tonight, Ben? Not much, man crazy crazy all-star game tonight that was fun to watch ton of points i mean hell yeah drank some good beer this weekend too so i cannot complain what about you absolutely how you doing man man awesome weekend a uh, little let down by ufc last night it was a uh, true had a lot of hype it was all right it was it was cool though uh, some great college basketball on, especially with the you know some of the smaller conferences, the tournament games. Winthrop just won their championship, Big South. Um, so great weekend of college basketball, and I mean, like you said, the All Star game. I had to sweat out that over there, yeah. the third quarter or oh, fourth yeah. quarter because of the aggregate scoring. <laughs> yep, I didn't realize that they were only going to let that uh, twenty four points from the uh, the top well, scorers team there. So it, it did work out. So that. Dude, that helps, but had to sweat it though. It had to tight. sweat it there at the yeah. end, man. But yeah, man, I'm he- we're here tonight. Excited to be here as always, drinking some phenomenal beer, Ben. Yep, absolutely. So before we get to our, you know, our beers for the night, we got to tell everybody about kind of the second half of our podcast, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, we are going to be telling you guys about some good beers. Well, hopefully, good beers. Um, we're huge fans of of beer you know, going to the breweries, you know, making home brews, just drinking it. Like there's, there's so much good, good stuff about beer. And, uh, you know, we've got some pretty good taste, at least, you know, so we think, but we also know that taste is, you know, in the eyes of the beholder. So really what we want is we want you to go out there and try these beers and try any beers and just go and, and support your local brewery. And, you know, maybe things you didn't like five years ago, you'll like now, just try it out. Uh, get those little tasters but you know i know jordan you've got a a crazy beer for the night so you know let's start it off what's your what's your first beer tonight this first beer i'm drinking is are you there god it's me raspberry and this is by blackstack brewing out of saint paul minneapolis uh hold on saint paul minnesota (laughs) (laughs) saint paul minneapolis twin cities that's where they're out of this is a sour fruited berliner weiss weiss Twice, yeah. Um, and it has lactose in it, so you wouldn't be able to drink it. No. Um, it's very, it's like, it's a good. So far, I'm drinking it. It's a good sour beer so far. Nice. And at six point four, you can you can drink it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it looks more like a smoothie than a beer. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, but it looks it's hey, so far so good, Ben. What are you sipping on? Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm going for one that I. I bought for the can. I'm not gonna lie, um, and I've taken a couple sips of it, and so far it it kind of measures up to that uh, that can art. Um, so this is from Hopworks Urban Brewery, um, you know, hub for short, and uh, this is the Tree Frog Organic Pale Ale, and they are coming out of Portland, Oregon. Um, this is a 5.4 percent 
I chose a light one because my second beer is going to be a little bit heavier for the night. So good way I to both uh, one heavy. Nice, good way to end it off. But uh, this actually uses a new hop that I have never seen in a beer before. So I'm kind of excited. This it's Fuggle, F-U-G-G-L-E. I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever drank in a Fuggle hop, uh, but they combine it never with Citra and mo- uh, Mosaic. So yeah. It's uh, it's it's good so far. I've had a sip and uh, definitely liking it. Nice, man. Well, excited to drink some good beer. Um, you know, definitely excited to talk some sports. Before we uh, talk some sports, so I do want to announce that we will be doing a live show. Oh, was I supposed to wait? Yeah. All right, we'll tease it. We'll we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. So let's hop into let's hop into NBA. So we just had the all-star game. Um, it was announced this morning, Ben, that Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid were in close contact with the barber that tested positive. Yep. So before we even talk about the game, like let's talk about what happened over the weekend. So first of all, the NBA sent cease and desist letters to over 200 clubs in the Atlanta area who were using the NBA, the NBA's logos to promote uh events and the nba said specifically said donald sterling commissioner of the nba specifically said like he doesn't want any fans going out there traveling out of the way like the nba was not hosting anything other than the all-star game Mm -hmm. on sunday right so what do you think of this like is what i mean we both already agreed this game shouldn't have been played yeah and i first thing i did when i saw that this morning was like I can't believe they're still going on with this. <laughs> oh yeah, no, with both, both on both accounts with you know Simmons and Embiid, you know, coming in testing positive or or being in a close contact and announced this morning so close to the event. Um, you know, with uh what 15 to to 20 different cities or players from different cities coming into, you know, one hub to uh, bring friends and family like close friends and family but you know bring people into one small area I didn't necessarily think that was the brightest idea and how can you stop people especially people from Atlanta from getting hyped for you know the best players coming into one area I mean there's always right. people you know built around the all-star game and the festivities and I mean, you're to ask them not to do anything like this was a huge opportunity for money to come into Atlanta and they can't do anything. Yeah, man, it's I mean, I agree with you, like about everything you said, you're right on point. I thought it was hella funny, though. I was seeing like stuff on social media today that like people were like sleeping in vans and renting <laughs> U-Hauls and stuff because like yep. there was no hotels available and stuff. Like it's just it's just wild. But I mean, like what if there was what if there's a COVID outbreak like on an NBA team because yeah. of this event right here? Like and you derail, you know, more time like the NBA. This was a this was a money grab on the NBA's part too. Like that's why they wanted to have this yep. all-star game. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's, and, and it's not even uh, like, uh, you know, a team that would get COVID. It would be the superstars of every single yeah. team. And if you don't have your superstars for a week, 
I mean, yeah, there's some, you know, big, strong individual fans out there, but if it were me, I would have no, like, and I'm not a big NBA fan, but I really would have no reason to turn on an NBA game for a week if I knew that the stars were not playing. That doesn't attract me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the all-star game anyways. Like, it's not very good basketball being played. Like, sure, it's entertaining because they're out there just having fun, but it's not good basketball Yeah, by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, from a basketball purist standpoint, or standpoint, like, the game sucks regardless. Like, did I watch it? Yeah, because I was vest- invested in it because I had the over, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was there just counting points. And I got a little worried there, you know, because of the aggregate scoring. Uh, I was like, oh, shit, fucking team LeBron only needs 170 points. And at the time, fucking the other team only had like 126. I was like, yep. oh, my God, this is not good. Yep. But team LeBron let him get in it a little bit. So that was cool. Uh, but I mean, like, this was a weird weekend, too. Like, usually All-Star Saturday nights, like a huge event. You have the skills challenge, slam dunk competition. Yep. We did it all in a in a day, you know. Was there? First of all, let's talk about the dunk contest because you watched the dunk contest, right? Yep, definitely did. What did you think? What was your take on it? What did you think of it? I mean, first off, it was weak to only have three players. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was. Uh, the scoring was way off, in my opinion. I thought that Cassius Stanley first dunk was, you know, one of the best in the. Uh, first rounds um uh, but it, it just kind of sucked that he had to go first his uh, the second dunk i think everybody's second dunk was just like trash, trash. like they almost yeah. didn't realize that they had a second dunk to do right like they let it all out on the first dunk. <laughs> yeah um, yeah no it was uh it was uneventful i think that's the best word to describe it yeah I mean Simmons. Simmons has some hops. Good. Yeah, he got bunnies Lord, for sure. Man, six three. So does Obi though. He's kissing the rim. Obi's what six 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 seven though. Like he's got Obi. some hype. Obi got on him. bounce. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But man, Simmons, who he can jump, and that was yeah, he, insane. Absolutely, insane. he got super hops. And then uh, what do you think of, you know, my man Giannis won 16 for 16 in the game, dude. And MVP, yep. taking it home, adding it to the trophy case to go along with his regular season MVPs. I mean, this game was, like, not even fair, dude. Like, Kevin Durant it wasn't. drafted such a horrible team. Like, dude, that LeBron James starting five is, like, super nasty. Mm-hmm. And then even on the bench, dude, Paul George, Sabonis, Chris Paul, Chris Paul – had like how many assists did he have? 18 assists, 16 assists, 16. Tonight? Yep. Lillard with 32. Like he was even Lillard on the was bench. Pulling up from half court. Oh, I love that. I love that little ballot uh, battle between him and Curry. Just like, oh, you want to uh, take this shot? I'm gonna take this shot. Like, oh, you're gonna take that one? Okay, I'm gonna take this one. But dude, it was dope. <laughs> it was man. awesome. Absolutely awesome. And LeBron barely even played. He only played like 13 minutes or something. Yep. Yeah. Well, which I, I was kind of surprised that he even played that 13 minutes. Like, I know he, he got his time in, um, but I I kind of figured him more of just kind of doing the, the coaching thing for this, um, especially with his comments, you know, a little further before. But, you know, I'm, I am glad he got 13 minutes in. 
uh, and that let a lot of other people play. But yeah. you know, one thing I did, did see was he he did tweet out, and got to hear it from a boy. Uh, finally got to share the floor with Steph Curry. Well overdue, and I loved every second of it. Greatest shooter of all, or hashtag greatest shooter of all time. Hashtag change how the game is played by himself alone. Hashtag respect beyond words. Hashtag just some kids born in Akron. Like out of all of their, um, I guess they've been in different conferences for a majority of their time. Like that, yeah. they, I'm I'm just surprised that out of all these years they haven't played on a uh, All Star team together. But it's always yep, man. East West, yeah, it is. Well, week, well, no, it's not East-West. It's been uh, drafting, draft. but okay. the last two years, Giannis drafted Curry first because Giannis was the captain. Mm-hmm. And then he drafted uh, Curry first overall yeah. for his pick. And, I mean, dude, Curry's like a good complimentary player to anybody because he stretches the floor well, shoots the three ball, and he's unselfish. Yeah. He's an easy player to play with, and so is LeBron. LeBron's very unselfish and... That's what that's what excited me about LeBron's team because you, you had so many unselfish guys on that team. Like the starting lineup is all guys that have high IQs. LeBron, mm-hmm. Giannis, Jokic, Doncic, and uh Steph Curry. Like, dude, I was like, dude, that's like a basketball player's dream to play with those guys, and they're all playing on the same lineup. Yep. Dude. Like it might be the best starting five of any all-star game I've ever seen. Yep. Hot take alert. I could definitely see that. And I do have to say, like, those unis were some of the cleanest, like, unis on both sides that I think we've seen at All-Star. I like them. I usually hate the All-Star uniforms. Yeah. Lately, they're just, like, blah. But these were dope, dude. Yeah. I might have to get a Giannis All-Star jersey. I was thinking I might have to get a Curry jersey. So, (laughs) there we go. There we go. Nice, man. Well, the first half of the season is over with. We're heading into the second half. You know, right now, before we even talk about the MVP, like, let's talk about how we think things are going to finish up because, um, you know, I, I have a pretty sure th- feeling of the East. Yep. Um, but let's talk about – so let's talk about the East. Like, what do you think is going to happen? The Brooklyn Nets just signed Blake Griffin today too. Ben. Yeah, huge, 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 deep, uh, you know, depth move there. And it's just again one more, one more asset to get them to the top. And they they keep adding quality players. I mean, I know Blake Griffin hasn't been the same after his injuries, like, but he is a great depth player, and he's not going to have that uh, that spotlight on him in you know in New York, and I think they're in Brooklyn. Excuse me, and that's exactly what he needs right now. So I think that was a great move. Great move. Yeah. And I mean, like, they're not going to, they're not asking him to be that 20, you know, 22, 11 Blake Griffin. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just asking him to, you know, play some productive minutes off the bench, like 20, 25 minutes. And, you know, if he has anything left in the tank at all and he's able to do that, like, that's awesome. Like, it's just crazy because, like, he was so dog shit this year and, like, he wasn't very good last year. I'm I'm a laugh hella hard if like this dude just starts balling yeah, out. He's like, I just wanted he to get was out. Just like, yeah, he just wanted to get out. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I would be so. Oh my god, I would fucking probably kill myself to go from a 10 and 26 team to a uh 24 and 13 team though. Like, and he's only 31. It's not like mm. he's like hella old, dude. Yep. Yeah, great. You know what I'm saying? And like, 
he's always been an athletic player, but he was also pretty skilled too. Like he could dribble, pass. You know, he can't really. He was never really the greatest shooter, but dude, if he has anything left in the tank, like that could be a huge signing. I think. I mean, I already think Brooklyn's the best team in the league. They lead the league in offense. You know, since they got in James Harden, they've actually become a better defensive team. They're thirteenth in defense. And you have DeAndre Jordan. He's playing much better, you know, defensively as the anchor of that team. It's just they're very thin. Like, they're not very deep outside of their starting five. So you bring in a guy like Blake Griffin, you know, you're able to go one more player deep in, in your rotation, which is uh, much, you know, much better for them as mm-hmm. a team, right? Yeah. So I definitely think Brooklyn is the best team. I think if Milwaukee, Philly, and – Boston and Toronto, whoever else, if they want to contend, I think all those teams, they need to make a move. And I'm not even sure if there's a move to be made yep. that will put them over Brooklyn. Yep. hundred percent right there. hundred percent agree with you. Um, the one team and, that I'm, Oh, sorry. Go for it. I, I was going to change. No, go, I was going to change subjects. So keep going on that. Okay. Go for it. No, no, go for it. The team that I'm really surprised in, in the way that they're playing is, you know, Brooklyn's neighbor, the New York net uh, Knicks, like, they are playing out of their mind with a, a cast and crew of young guys. And Julius Randle's having a career year. Nobody thought we were going to be seeing a New York Knicks team that is, you know, fifth in the conference, um, you know, over 500 right now. And I know it's, you know, we're not even halfway through the season, but I mean, seven and three in their last 10, 11 and seven at home. Like that's, that's a complete turnaround from where we saw them, you know, even the end of last season. It's, my, it's I think my biggest question about New York though, is are they going to be able to sustain this? You know, Julius Randall is having a career year at this point. Yeah. Um, he's averaging 23 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. And he's shooting the three ball 40%. And this is a guy that up until this year was a career 27% three-point shooter. So you're talking a 13% increase on more shots, right? Yeah. So he's expanding his game. He's, play, he's playing phenomenally. Um, you know, now the question for the Knicks is, can they sustain this the rest of the year? Because this back half of the year, we got a lot of teams playing, you know, seven games in 12 nights. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot most teams are playing more than five back to backs on this second half. So, you know, I just I don't know if they can I don't know if they can sustain it, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't expect them to. I don't expect them to either. But to have them being where they are at, you know, close to the halfway point is um, I think anyone in the next foundation is really excited for the next couple of years. Because I yeah, mean, there's sure. there's no shot for them this Except, year. Absolutely none. Well, but, is it good or is it bad? Because Julius Randle is a free agent this year, and is is this season a trend going forward or is it an, an anomaly? And as the Knicks front office, you have to make that decision. And you have to make that decision financially. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying so. You know, because they're a young a team. team is gonna what? They're a young team though. I mean, you've got, you know, Obi Toppin, you've got Jared Harper, you've got uh, right. Emmanuel Quickly. So is it worth RJ investing? Is it worth investing a, a, a max level contract in Julius Randle? Because he's going to get that. He's going to get 25 mil a year for at least four years from another team. Mm-hmm. So is it, 
is are if you're New York, are you willing to invest that in a guy like Julius Randle coming off best year of his career, but is it an anomaly? And you have to make that decision. Yeah. Because what happens if he gets paid and then next year he's goes he reverts back to right back you know to what he's was. always been. Yeah. Because I mean, we're talking one out of seven, what is it, one out of six years, seven years. So it's not like a small sample size, right? I mean, yeah. as players get older, they get better, obviously. He's 26 years old now, so he's not old by any stretch of the imagination. He's just entering his prime. But he's had such a significant leap in production this year. You have to wonder, isn't it an anomaly? Yeah. Is he just working well with, you know, the players at the moment? Yeah. Right. And that's what that's why I think the rest of the next season is is huge because – if they can sustain this and Julius Randle sustains this level of production, gets the Knicks into a playoff, you know, even if he loses in the first round of the playoffs and he's the best player on the floor and is productive, dude, he's going to get $27, $30 million a year. Yeah. And if he's doing it for the Knicks, they're going to resign him, right? Then you get another year older of RJ Barrett. He's gotten better. Another year older of Obi Toppin. Another year older of Mitchell Robinson, who's actually hurt right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's their starting five. So, and Emmanuel Quickly, who should be top three rookie of the year this year at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, the Knicks do have a great future. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, they're all young. They're all young. I just don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that, yeah, that's very true. Because you've got, I mean, you've got a couple teams that, you know, should definitely be in. And, you know, again, a couple teams that are going to drop down. I think we see a drop in Charlotte. I see we see a drop in you know the Knicks but how much the Bulls too like how much are they going to drop though is the question and how quick are the Pacers the Hawks you know the, the Raptors Wizards. the possibly the Wizards seven and three in their last uh 10 like how quickly are they going to make that jump and you know but I mean they're not, not even that far out of it like the Wizards are in what like 14th place in the east 12. and they're only they're only two games out of the eighth seed. Plus, you have the play-in tournament this year. So I think it's like the the last like four teams or three teams or whatever have a little play-in tournament for the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just have to be you just have to be right there. You know what I'm saying? And like the last team I would want to face in the play-in tournament is the Wizards with Russell Westbrook and uh, Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. The East is just East is just crazy because even from top to bottom. It's like, you know, not that far apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's move over to the Eastern or Western Conference. So I think we both agree we got Brooklyn taking the East still. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Conference, though, is a lot more fuzzy. So we have the Jazz in first place, 27 and nine. The Phoenix Suns are actually the second seed right now. They're two and a half games back. The Lakers are three and a half games back. Third seed, obviously, still without AD. And then the Clippers are in that four spot. So how do you see the Western Conference shaking out, Ben? I mean, I I do see the Lakers kind of dropping a little bit. I I haven't been too impressed with them, you know, without without AD. AD. Yeah, without AD out there. And I think that's going to, you know, be a little bit longer because why push him? You know, you just have yep. to get into that. You know, I'm sure they'd, you know, wouldn't like to play in the playing round. So, you know, that's seventh seed. And I think even without a D there's no question that they're going to be in that, you know, top seven and it doesn't matter where they are placed. You do not want to 
you know, you don't want to face the Lakers. I'm sure Utah, you know, Phoenix, you know, the Clippers, if they are one, two, three, like they don't want to see the Lakers in the first round, but you know, I don't think it's a problem for the Lakers. I don't know if Phoenix can kind of keep it up. They're they're my question mark because I didn't see them being this hot at the you know start of the year. They're playing out of their minds. So they have a lot of good players though, dude. They have a lot of good uh veterans like uh Jay Crowder, Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they have a bunch of dudes that like haven't been there before. So yeah. especially with a guy like Chris Paul, I mean he's we call him the point god for a reason, dude. Yep. He's like one of the greatest point guards of all time. I'm not really worried about them. My biggest worry is the Lakers, Ben, because we don't even know the status of Anthony Davis. Like, how healthy is Anthony Davis? Mm-hmm. How not healthy is Anthony Davis? And if Anthony Davis isn't healthy, I could easily see this team being a fifth seed heading into the playoffs. Yeah. And without AD. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a good place for them. And if I'm, you know, Denver, if I'm Dallas, um, you know, I'm, you know, shitting bricks getting number four because then you have to play the Lakers at five. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's definitely tough. Um, you know, those. But if they don't have AD, then it's like, fuck it. Whatever. True. But how long is AD going to be out? That's our question at this point. And what kind of moves does the Lakers make too? Yeah. Like, what if they get it, Andre Drummond? Yep. And they're saving a lot of money with uh, with AD being on the IR. So, you know, they can pull that. Well, if he's on if he's on the IR and they can get an, uh, an exception, then yeah. But they don't have much money to work with. However, if Andre Drummond gets bought out from the Cavs, they can sign him for a vet minimum for the rest of the season. And that's huge. Yeah, just like they did with the uh, You don't Griffin. have to give up anything for him. And you, yeah. Yeah, and you, get, and you get a top-tier player. So... I think that's where the Lakers are going to look is on the buyout market, whether it's PJ Tucker, Andre Drummond, or whoever else may get um, bought out. Mm. But the West is, I mean, that's the most intriguing team to me because with Anthony Davis healthy, they're the best team in the West. And I would pick them mm-hmm. over anybody else in the West. Like, yeah, Utah is a good team. They're playing some phenomenal basketball. They're killing uh, against the spread right now. However, I don't know if they have that guy that can just take over a playoff game. And that's the kind of players you need in, in the playoffs. So that's what worries me about them. You know, Phoenix has two of those guys, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, even though Devin Booker's never played in the playoffs, he's still a very talented offensive player. Absolutely. And then obviously the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George, you know, Portland has Dame, right? So there's all these pieces that i know in utah is the biggest question mark i have and they're the number one seed at this point <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and who i mean there's 11 11 teams that i see you know can be in this playoff hunt for you know the 10 spots so out of that you know seven to ten play in you know who's not making you know making this this little mini tournament does the pelicans not make it i mean I think the Grizzlies are going to take it. Do you think the Warriors drop out? Do you think Spurs, Mavs? Well, the the Warriors are seven and fourteen against winning teams right now, mm-hmm. so they're really beating up on bad teams, which, which is what you have to do, by the way. Yeah, like that's how playoff teams become playoff teams is because you win more than half of your games, and usually you do that because you beat up on the shitty ones. Yeah, that leaves them at um, twelve and four against the you know non playoff teams. So. 
Right. So, I mean, that's what you have to do to get in the playoffs. But the Pelicans, like, they're an intriguing team, too, because they can they have the assets to make a trade. Mm-hmm. And so they're a team that would worry me if I'm one of those last teams in the West because they can really improve their team. So could the Warriors if they really wanted to. They could offer Wiseman and, you know, the Minnesota pick next year if it's not a top three pick. And they could get themselves a player too, Vucevic, you know, maybe Miles Turner is available. There's, there could be a lot of trades we have. Jeremy Grant, I have heard in trade talks as well. Is that Minnesota pick protected? I don't think it was. It even... is top three protected next year. Oh, I didn't even think it was top three. That's why it doesn't look as valuable now. That's why people are. That's why people are mad at Bob Myers because they said you pass on Lamelo Ball. You didn't even trade the pick and you could have traded that pick and next year's pick and you probably could have got fucking James Harden or Bradley Beal or you could have got somebody and he passed on all that and now people are like upset. They're up in arms. Mm -hmm. And that's why I posed that question last week, Ben. I said, do you think it would be the Warriors should even, would it be smart of them to think about shopping Wiseman and getting a player that can help them win right now? Yeah. I I still don't think so. I think Wiseman has a lot of potential, a lot of uh, you know, upside yeah, to him. Yeah, but potential is only good as potential. That's what the Warriors need out of a player right now. You you we're gonna be getting. You know how many of... times I heard the Warriors say guys had potential? Ben, we heard this shit through the '90s when they drafted Joe Smith, when they drafted a Donald Foyle, when they drafted fucking. Yeah, they did that. The Todd second Fuller. overall pick, no. Yeah, they drafted Joe Smith number one overall. I'm telling you what I think the Warriors need <laughs> is a big man because they don't have that. So Right, but you can get a big man like Miles Turner who you know what you're getting out of him. And then you have to give up more to, for that. No, I don't. I, I no, said you, it last week. I'm saying it again this week. I don't think we should trade him. There you go. <laughs> you asked my opinion. I'm giving you my opinion. I don't think we should trade them. I think he has enough potential with a three-point shot, being a big man, for who else is on the Warriors that's uh, are going to be making you know all of these rebounds for us? Hey, it's all Draymond fair points, Green, ben. he's going to be gone. Get, I mean, there's yeah, no but who way knows, they're going to be what if he never, what if he never reaches his potential? Him. What is your expectation of Wiseman? I, I'm my not talking about this year. I'm is, talking about your expectation of him in three, four years. Is a big man that the Warriors can can build a team around. Because so you're talking a guy had, that's like 25 points, you know, 12 and a half rebounds or more, a, a double double, a walking double double. Yeah, I think a, a walking so, double double would be would be good there. So what if he never reaches that though, and you could get a walking double double and Miles Turner right now? Um, but, yeah, but how much? Blocks a game. How much? How much are you getting rid of him? Like, you're you're adding more to well, yeah, Wiseman if, to get if, that. Like, if I don't Indiana, think that's a smart if Indiana move. Said, if Indiana said we'll trade you Miles Turner for James Wiseman, Minnesota's first round pick, which is protected next year, top three protected. Minnesota's probably going to keep it. And it's unprotected the following year. It could very well not even be a lottery pick the following year. So if they ask you, James Wiseman, 
You think they're going to the go up lottery. so much from not even winning 20% of their games? I don't see that happening. But who, Minnesota? Yeah. Dude, they're going to have D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, because D'Angelo Russell has been hurt this year. He's barely even played, and then Carl Anthony Towns barely played too. They've been super banged up. And they get a top three pick this year. Like, what if that team drafts Kate Cunningham or Evan Mobley or Jalen Green, dude? That's a nasty team, bro. They could easily win over 500, go over 500 the following year if they're healthy. I don't see it. Hey, like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's head into um, let's head into baseball. But before we do that, the NFL season has come to an end. The 2020-2021 champs have been crowned. And if you're like me and you've been betting on the NFL all season long, you might be wondering what's next. That's why I like my bookie, Ben, because no matter the sport or season, you can always win big now. I'm talking nonstop action, 365 days a year. Choose from thousands of lines on the NBA, NHL, UFC, and more because winning season never ends when you play at my bookie. They truly have something for everyone, and absolutely nobody does prop bets like my bookie. You can get action in on everything from celebrity divorce to the winner of the All Valley Karate Tournament. Yes, you can really bet on that. And with NCAA March Madness right around the corner, there couldn't be a better time to start building your bankroll. Do yourself a favor, get a head start. Sign up today with promo code TAPROOM and get your first deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. That's free cash credited to your account instantly on top of your deposit. The best part is you always have access to the action, whether you're at home or on the go. Visit the website online today at mybookie.ag and use promo code TAPROOM to grab yourself a deposit bonus. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. All right, Ben. So we were talking, we started last week with our MLB preview. You know, we're going over the over-unders, which is perfect because you can bet on this at my bookie as well. Yep. Um, so we started with the NL and AL Central, and we are heading into the AL and NL East. And this is two great divisions, oh, or nice. should be this upcoming year. Yep. So let's start it off with the AL East, and we're going to start off with the dumpster. So we're going to go we're going to go backwards to forward. So Baltimore Orioles over under 64 and a half wins next year. Ben, what do you think? I'm going to go under. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're the Orioles. And this is, I mean, they are already going less than what they had last year. Last year, their 2020 you know, record equated to being 67 and a half. So to put them at 64 and a half means they're getting worse. And I definitely think they got worse. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see, you know, the, the young guys having as kind of career years, I guess, as they did last year. You had uh, Santander at, uh, Santander, uh, at you know, 300 and batting 315. You had Mountcastle hitting 333 with 23 homers and 35 games. Like, that's great. That's incredible, but I don't think they can, you know, they can hold it on for a full season. You know, you, they lost Iglesias, Cobb, Alberto, Nunez. Like that's going to hurt. That's a lot of depth there that they had to say bye to. 
I mean, I think Jose Iglesias might be the only player that was worth the damn they lost. I mean, Alex Cobb was terrible last year. Nunez, um, I, and I think I enjoyed. He's a good. I think utility. Yeah, he is. I think their biggest question mark is their starting pitching, and you know, mm-hmm. Aiken is a former top prospect. Uh, Means is a pro- top prospect too, but these are guys that really haven't had any big league experience. You know what I'm saying, and that you always have to go through those ups and downs in baseball. Like the best quote is from Bull Durham when, he, you know, he's talking to the dude that's a rookie, the pitcher, and he's basically like, you know, baseball is all about how you get out of the lows. Yep. Right. And we always hear from big leaguers all the time, like pitchers and batters that are veterans will figure you out on both ends. Mm-hmm. And it's how do you adjust to getting figured out? That's what makes a great player. So I feel like every young player has to go through that. And to have like a young rotation like this, I, I feel it's just like a disaster waiting to happen. So I'm definitely going under here. Yeah. I think if there was a best bet material, if we were doing best bet <laughs> material for this, this would definitely be my best, one of my best bets soon. Yeah. They're dropping for sure. at least, I'd say, you know, seven to 10, probably closer to 10 games from last year. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah, and that's a lot in baseball, too. Yep. It's going to be Because, I mean, at least with Alex Cobb, like, you have a, a guy that could, like, be in a rotation. He was not an ace by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But they just have a lot of question marks, dude. And if I'm talking question marks, I'm always talking fucking under. Yep. Which brings us to another team with a lot of question marks. This is a team that just won the uh, World Series, like, three years ago. Um, You know, last year they were really banged up. Um, you know, so this year they're really expecting to get healthy. I don't know when um, what's his face is coming back. Chris Sale. And yeah, they're I mean, they're yeah, talking Chris about Sale, half the season, half the season. So that's that's pretty huge, man. And then they got rid of uh, being intendee. Yep. So, I mean, this is a team that's kind of in like a weird fluctuation of like, are they rebuilding? Are they trying to contend? Are they just trying to get healthy? Because I mean, they still have great players, dude. Rafael Devers. Bogarts, yep. Verdugo, Renfro, JD Martinez, like they have good players. So, what do you where do you see the Red Sox this year, Ben? Over under 80 and a half games. I, I'm gonna go under because I mean, last year 69 and 93, you know, so that's that's putting up another 11 wins. And you know, yes, Chris Sale can bring you those additional 11 wins, but we don't know when he's coming back. You know, if they're even if he's out for a third of the season. I don't think that's enough time for them to dig themselves out of the hole that they're going to, you know, build with, you know, their subpar, very subpar pitching. Um, yeah. You know, I, you know, that the Benatendi trade, I think it's, it's going to hurt. And I think they're, they're just going to be too far behind, you know, to catch up with teams like the Yankees, the Rays, uh, you know, yeah, Toronto in this division. division. Yeah. So, I, I very, think they're very tough division. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be, you know, close to that 70, you know, win mark again and not great. I agree, dude. I'm going under as well. I think 80 and a half is too, too good. That's like saying they're around 500, basically. And I don't think they're a 500 team. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's move to the New York Yankees over under 95 and a half wins, Benton. Uh, this is tough. I'm going to. It's a lot of wins. Dude. It's a lot of wins. Uh, can they do it? Yes, absolutely. 
if two people can stay healthy, and that's Aaron I was Judge. Just about to say that, and dude. Juan Carlos Stanton. <laughs> Um, if they can stay healthy, they've got the top offense in the league. You know, I was shocked. I said it before that LeMahieu contract, sixteen million for the way that he played last year. They got a steal. Now, can he do it again? We don't know. That's a huge question mark, and he is not the youngest guy. So, you know, that's it, they have the opportunities. Um, you know, they brought in. You know, some pitching, Corey Kubler's going to be number, their number two. Um, you know, Jamison Talon going to be their number three. I think that's going to help the loss of uh, Tanaka. But it's all on Judge and Stanton. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean over here. I'm going to go under. That's a lot of games. And I agree with you. I think you hit part of it on the head why I'm going under is because I can't trust Aaron Judge to stay healthy for a full season. Sure. I can't trust DJ LeMahieu to stay healthy for a whole season. <clears throat> you know, Gio Urshela, good young player. Glaber Torres, great young player. Clint Frazier, good young player. Um, But, I mean, Gio Urshela in the field isn't a great third baseman defensively. Mm-hmm. And... I'm just in in Gary Sanchez, dude. He's like hella inconsistent. So I'm not sure. I just don't like the consistency there to say over 95 and a half wins because that means I'm banking on 96, 97 wins. And I'm just not sure that the I just can't trust his health. Like, yes, I do think the Yankees can can uh, be unhealthy and still win like 85, 86 games and make the playoffs. Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to go over 95 and a half. And they have big question marks in their rotation. Garrett Cole, obviously an ace, but Corey Kluber, you know, does he bounce back? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of question marks that I just don't know. So I'm going to go under 95 and a half wins. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Tampa Bay Rays over under Ben Hold on. 85 and a half. Wins. Before we go there, do, do you know how long Chapman's suspended for? I was going to ask you that, actually. Let's check. Let's do that. This is important information. Because I see that he's suspended. I just... Let's check here. Reduced to two games. Oh, okay. Never mind. Not so, a big deal. Not that big of a deal. Yeah. All right. Tampa Bay Rays, though, Ben. Over, under 85 and a half wins. This one was tough. Um, uh, I'm going to go over because 85 and a half is like 14 or sorry, is 22 and a half games from where they would have been last year. And in baseball, that's a lot. That's a way lot. Yes. They lost Charlie Morton. They lost Blake Snell. That's going to hurt. You know, Patino, Archer, uh, Rich Hill, like that's nothing even close to Charlie Morton and Blake Snell. But 22 and a half more games, I, I just I can't see I can't see them taking that big of a hit. This one's tough, dude, because Arizariana, or however you say his name, like yep. he had one good month. And it happened to be in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> no, he uh, Rosabrina. He had he played well. No, he had year. one good month, dude. He had one year. good month. 
No, he had one good month, and it happened to be – he's like Cody Ross, dude, with the Giants in 2010. The guy had, like, one good the month of baseball. Cody Ross. And he made he made a living off that one month, dude. And I feel like this could be the same same ordeal here. Like, I don't know, you know, was that one month in an, anom- an anomaly, or is that who he is? Yeah. And I don't know. And I don't know. And on top of that, you know, they, they're not a team that really hits for power regardless. So they really have to produce runs. And if they're not pitching well, like I'm talking, you know, sub team, sub 360 RA, like this is going to be a team that's going to struggle to win games. Like they have to win ball games three to two, three to one. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to win those seven to six ball games. Yeah. So I, I'm going to actually, I think they're going to be around 85. I'm going to say under because I think they're going to be around 83, 85 games. And that's the playoff contender, dude. That's over 500. 25 game loss there. Ooh, different differential yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking two great starters, though, dude. Yeah, but I mean Chris Sale and and you know Rich Hill, Patino. They're not. They're not. Chris like, Archer. Chris Archer hasn't been good for like four years. But twenty two losses, twenty two and a half, twenty four. Like, bro, they got to win low scoring games. Yeah. Mm. It's gonna be tough. I can't do dude. it. I can't do it. That's too much for me. But I'm going under 85 and a half. And part of the reason why is because of this next team, Toronto Blue Jays been over under 85 and a half wins. Um I'm gonna go over. But I'm really scared about their pitching depth. Um you're asking a uh, a initial draft pick in Nate Pearson to be or a, a rookie in Nate Pearson to be your number two. He's like one of the top prospects in baseball, Ben. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think he's ranked you know seventh overall. Um, but is he going to come out swinging in the new league? That's that's my question. Uh, I guess not swinging, but hurling. Um, you know. After Ryu, I'm I'm worried about this, um, but they're going to put up a lot of points. So, you know, I think they've got some of the best bats, you know, in this division, maybe behind the Yankees. Um, you know, with, uh, the addition of Springer and Simeon is, if they can stay hard, get hot, that's that's going to be a huge addition to their offense. So I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go over. I'm picking the Blue Jays to win the AL East. They're wow. my favorite to win the division. I think they have the best rotation. I think they have, you know, them and the Yankees probably have the best lineup. But, I mean, they got Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bopper, Marcus Semien. You know, two years ago, he was top three in MVP voting. So, if he can bounce back to what he what he was that year, you know, was that shortened season last year an anomaly? Who knows? You know, Calvin B- or Kevon Biggio, Bo Bichette, mm-hmm. like this is a good young team. And then you sprinkle in some veterans like George Springer, who's not that old either, but he has experience. Um, and then Robbie Ray, Nate Pearson, I think they have a good one, two, three punch right there. And I think they have the ability to make a trade halfway through the year for a pitcher, too. Is is Robbie Ray yeah. quality? I don't. Yeah, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is a good pitcher. Okay. He's a good lefty, dude. He was a top three Cy Young like three years ago. Hmm. You know, he's a good left-handed pitcher. So I think I think this team is more – I think they're built 
for like a long haul of a season. I like I like the Blue Jays to win the division, Ben. I'm a little worried about that pitching, but I I think I think the best pitching staff in the whole them or the Rays. That's the thing with this division is like the Yankees don't have good starting pitching, right? The Red Sox, you know, without a sale, they don't have good starting pitching. So, you know, obviously the Yankees and Blue Jays have the two best lineups. But if with those two teams, it's whoever gets the most consistency out of their starting rotation is going to win the division. And I like see, but on paper, I like look at Blue Jays. Look at Robbie Ray, though. Okay, so I I do see your 20, you know, 17, you know, 15 and five. But then. You know, look at his ERA. They don't look at record because that full play for the Diamondbacks 2.89, It's just, it's not heading in the right direction. Yeah. And that could, that could be due to a lot of things. But I mean, he's still a, he's still a guy, he's still a good pitcher and he's not like over the hill by any stretch of the imagination. And yeah. at one point, he was not long ago, he was a dominant pitcher. Yeah, he had you, you know, know last year he had his worst year, but you know, was that because of the year or was it because you know who knows, right? But I mean three years ago this dude was a Cy Young candidate, bro. 2.89, 3.93 isn't terrible either. Yeah, um he averages over 10 strikeouts per nine innings, which is pretty good. His problem is he he walks too many batters sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. A career average four, four plus ERA is is not a somebody that I'd be putting. Well, I guess number three is their their he's their third pitcher. So, yeah, you're not asking. And if he gets back to that, if he could be that, you know, one Cy Young. And I'm telling you, it's it's all his ability, his walking. The year he was a Cy Young contender, he walked three point nine batters per nine innings. But since then, he's walking five four eight nine so he's he's walking too many guys you can't walk guys yeah if you can get that shit under control but the problem is 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 guys that play for shitty ass teams they have they feel like they have to strike out every fucking hitter so they walk too many guys it ends up fucking biting them in the ass but when you have a great offense behind you and you know that you know they're gonna put up runs for you you have more ability to throw strikes you know right down the in the zone yeah which can benefit you because you're not walking as many guys. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, let's move on to the NL East. Ben, we got what's our first team here? We got the Atlanta Braves yeah. over under ninety one and a half games. Yeah, I'm gonna go over here. Um, they did, you know, add the depth in pitching, which they were they were struggling with last year. Um, you know, going into you know the the playoffs they didn't really have much and you know they were relying on a bunch of young guys and i think that's something that they really addressed bringing in you know morton and smiley um big question and this is uh you know a big deterrent on whether they go over under is can those bats stay as hot as they were last year or was that really an anomaly you know Freeman nah, had they a, have a good offense, dude. Yeah, Freeman had a, a, a career year. You had Azuna, you had a, a Kuna. Uh, you know, it's I think they're building a great team for success. The problem is, is you've got two teams in the NL West, which I still don't think 
they can beat to get to the World Series. Facts. I'm going. Are you going over or under? I'm, I'm going over. I'm going, I'm going under. under. I'm going under 91 and a half. And my reasoning for them going under 91 and a half actually has to do with teams in their division more than them. Um, I just I don't think they have a strong starting pitching depth. Charlie Morton's like 41 years old. So I'm not sure if he can give you, you know, 20 to 30 starts of, you know, phenomenal ball. Yeah, if you get to the playoffs and he's fully healthy, you know, great. But is he going to be there for 20 or 30 starts of dominant ball? I don't know. Mm. And, you're, and he's your second best pitcher. So I'm going to go under 91 and a half, and it, and it has to do with other teams in this division, which we're going to get to. My, Miami Marlins, Ben, is a team that snuck into the playoffs last year. They're over-unders at 70 and a half wins right now. Where you got them going? I think this is – I think this is right on on point. I mean, I know I can't. I have to pick over under because it's a uh, you know a hook on there. So that seventy half. Yep. So I'm going to go over because I'm going to say they're going to get seventy one wins. Um, I I think they were an anomaly last year. I think they did great. Yes. Um, and you know, with a bunch of young guys, that should equate to you know one year of getting older, more matured, more you know used to the game. But it's still a bunch of young guys. They they didn't really bring in that depth that they really needed, um, at least that veteran depth. They got you know a couple of relief pitchers, but that was that was pretty much it. Um, you know, and Vegas is saying that they're going to drop fourteen games from where they were last year, and yeah. you know, I I think that's right on point. I'd love to see them do well. Yeah, I think this – I definitely think they were an anomaly last year. Like, I think there's a few teams we're going to end up talking about throughout the course of this that had better years than expected and some teams that had down years, you know, from where we thought they should have been because of it. Hmm. And Miami definitely had a better year than I think anybody would have ever anticipated. Yes. And I'm going to go under 70 and a half wins because I think this division is very top heavy. I think there's three good teams and I think the Phillies aren't a shitty team at all either. So someone's got to be the shittiest team in the division. And I think it's going to be Miami, unfortunately. So I'm going to go under 70, 70 and a half wins here. Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a team that is much improved on paper. Yeah, I think they're going to expecting be some big things too. I'm with you there. Yeah. So we're both going under 70 and a half then. Both under 70 and a half wins. Yep. Oh no, I, I right. I'm going over because I think it's gonna be 71. Okay, I'm gonna go under. All right, let's talk about the New York Mets though. 90 and a half wins over under Ben. I'm gonna go under. I I think they're going to go over. I want them to go over, but they're the Mets, they're gonna find a way. To fuck it up. Um, my guess is going to be the relief pitching. And it's... They have everything in place to be good. I just don't think that they're going to do it. It's it's the Mets. Everything tells me to go over, but I'm going to say under on this one. Going over, I like them to win the division. 
You know, they got Jacob DeGrom, Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Stroman, Tywin Walker. They got a deep four Great. rotation, and yeah. they're getting Cindergaard back at some point in May or June. So, I mean, you're talking, you know, potentially with Stroman, Cindergaard, DeGrom, even Tywin Walker, you basically have four guys that can fucking dominate you. And Carrasco is no bum himself. So, because of their starting rotation, and then you have a lineup with Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor, who might be the best shortstop in baseball. Yep. I'm going over 90 and a half. I'd honestly take this up to like 95 and a half. I do think they're going to win over. I do think they're going to win 96 plus games. I, I think they walk away with this division. Yeah. I, I think they're, yeah, they almost remind me of how we were looking at the, um, uh, at the Falcons this year, like great on paper, but can they put it all together? And I, I hope so. I think the Mets deserve it, but they have to prove it to me. Yeah. First. But but football is a lot different because, I mean, Jacob Degrom is an ace pitcher. Then he's oh absolutely done it his whole career. I'm I'm not saying and... they don't have the stacked like the stacked lineup, the great like. But the Mets always find a way to fuck it up. Yeah, they do. You know, but they they, they fuck it up in the playoffs, not in the regular season. True. <laughs> Very true. I'm going to take the over there. All right, let's move on to uh, the Philadelphia Phillies here. Um, you know, another decent team. I thought they underperformed, you know, big last year. I thought mm. they way underperformed. So they're at 80 and a half games right now, Ben. Where you got them going? I'm going to – I like 80 and a half. I think that's a, a great spot. So I'm going to lean over here. Uh, I think them retaining Real Moto and Gregorius was – uh gregorius i always want to give him an e in there um it, it was it was huge for their offense and you know they're you know Yamoto is great behind the plate uh gregorius is still a quality vet shortstop so i think that was that was great um this team puts up runs they were fifth overall in runs last year and you know their top rotation was in the top 10 so i think they've added the depth that they needed and you know i see this team being you know one of the contenders of the nl east or uh yeah the NL phillies east. yeah so you're taking them under 80 and a half wins no i'm leaning over okay yeah i'm going over here too yeah. um i thought they underperformed last year i think they have a good uh I think they have a good starting lineup, dude. You mm -hmm. know, JT Real Moto is the best offensive catcher in baseball at this point. Yep. Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, Didi Gregorius, Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon. You know, McCutcheon got hurt last year too. Yep. Um, so I think I think this is a team looking for a bounce back. Aaron Nola, great pitcher, Zach Wheeler, Zach Effing coming off his best year. You know, Matt Moore obviously looking to bounce back to what he once was. But I think that. They have a better rotation than, uh, let's say, I, I like their rotation better than Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And Atlanta, I don't think they have, like, a much better um, lineup on paper than the Phillies do. Uh, and, the, and the Braves are at 90 and a half games, right? Yeah. I, I mean, the Braves' offense was just so hot last year that I think that's a big big aspect of why they are at that you know 91 and a half um, but the Phillies got good offensive talent too yeah and they got a better rotation they've got a they've got a, a strong rotation but that that rotation is pretty new 
Well, just adding Matt Moore there too, huh? Yeah, I don't know why Vegas has them so low. Well, I mean, they they underperformed last year. Yeah, and Ken McCutcheon, you know, bounce bounce back. back. That's a huge one. Bryce Harper was trash last year. Yeah, Bryce Harper was awful. Yeah. I'm going over eight and a half games. Yeah, I'm going to lean over. Harper's not going to be trash again. I kind of hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the Washington Nationals over under 84 and a half games. Uh, I'm going to lean under. Uh, I think Strasburg is coming back is going to be huge. Um, But is is that is adding Schwarber uh, Lester, I think is, is, you know, kind of over the hill, Josh Bell, you know, is that enough to add 15 games to where they were last year? Yeah, they definitely, they definitely improved their lineup, dude. Kyle Schwarber, you know, Juan Soto is a fucking MVP level player. You got Ryan Zimmerman. He's older, but he could still hit Kyle Schwarber. I already said Trey Turner, Starlin Castro, Josh Bell, Jan Gomez. I mean, this is a good team, dude. And and obviously their rotation's a little bit older, but I mean, you're talking Cy Young award winners, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin's a good pitcher. But is you it, know, they're asking John Lester to be his fourth the fourth or fifth guy. And John Ross is a great young pitcher in his own right. Is it enough to get 15 more games though from where they were on track yes. last year? Yes. Just the addition of you know. A number four. A... Well, they were hurt last year, dude. Yeah, they're number two and a number four. I mean... Trey Turner didn't play that many games last year. Juan Soto only played 47 games. 47 out of 60. Uh, that's not... I mean, that's still a lot. I mean, that's For a like team that was out, you're not going to play them at the, the end. Season. Um, But they lost... They, you know, Strasburg was hurt last year. They had a yeah. lot of guys that... They were pretty banged up, dude. So, I like... Uh, what are they at? 84 and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go over there. I think they're gonna finish. I think they're gonna finish second in the division. I think it's gonna go uh, Mets, Nationals, Braves, Phillies, Marlins. Whew. That's uh, quite, quite the hot take there. Quite the hot take. Why? I you got Braves way higher. I've got, I don't think the Braves, Braves have a good I've rotation. got. Marla, I mean, they just added, they added a lot of depth to their rotation. I think that's great. That's exactly what they were missing in their playoff run. I, I still don't. Again, it doesn't matter. None of these teams are going to get to the finals, but or the World Series. Yeah. But so you're going under on eighty four and a half from Washington. I am. I'm leaning under on that one. I don't think uh, to give them fifteen more games. From the the rate that they were playing last year, I can't do it. I cannot do it. That's that's Fair. a huge. I mean, that's that's a tenth of the season that they're saying is gonna. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, wins, I think yeah. these are two of the tougher divisions for these over unders. Yeah, because I I do think that there's um like a lot of ways you can go, and I don't know. I just think the Mets depth is gonna put them at first. Their depth at their rotation is just too strong. Yeah. And then I could see I could see any one of the less the next three, Atlanta, Washington, or um the Phillies, I could see them all finishing second place. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go... Or one of them. Braves, Mets, Phillies, uh, Nationals, and then the Marlins. Then you got Nationals. For, I mean, that could happen because if they have a bad... If they get off to a bad start in the first half, I could totally see them trading like a Scherzer or something. Yeah. I mean, what like happens if Strasburg... Rebuilding. Uh, re-injures his elbow. Their lineup's so nasty, though. Yeah. All right, Ben, I need another beer. Me too. Let's go do this. Hey guys, it's your boy Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks, lads. And me, Steady Eddie Martin. You've seen our picks on Twitter and all our shows on the Taproom Sports Podcast Network. So we're bringing y'all a new show twice a week called The Square Sharks. Yeah, just two guys who love sports that'll help you win money. Yep, so go to www.taproomsportspodcast.com slash square sharks for more info and to subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss out. Do it now. Why throw away free money? All right, so it is time to talk beer again, and I usually am gonna, you know, pass this over to Jordan and ask him what his second beer is for the night. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my beer first because it is, it's kind of a special beer key because of what Jordan tried to start <laughs> announcing earlier, but I, I stopped yeah, him. He did. So I, uh, I'm drinking the uh, Tanaya Creek Imperial Stout which is uh it's aged in smoke wagon barrels. And before I tell you about this beer, Jordan, why is it important that I'm drinking Tanaya Creek out of Las Vegas? It's important cuz uh you know Ben's going to be out here for the first weekend of March Madness and we are going to do a show live from Tanaya Creek Brewing Company. Live. We will be at the brewing company um so we'll be doing our, our show on uh, March 21st, 22nd. It comes out the 22nd. But we're also going to be broadcasting yep. it live on Instagram Live as well. So you can follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. And you can watch the live um, live podcast there. We're going to have uh, either the brewer or the assistant brewer. I've been told one of them will be there. Um, so we'll be interviewing yep. them, you know, talking some beer, talking some uh, probably some Las Vegas Golden Knights because um, they're big hockey people over there um so it, it's gonna be good dude it's gonna be fun and you know ben's gonna be here for that weekend we're gonna do some uh, live card rips too if you're into in the trading cards follow us on on instagram yep. lots of good stuff going down i'm gonna be watching a lot of college hoops and my daughter is the most excited though <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah what she doesn't know is that we're gonna be at the sports book for the majority of the day but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, okay, so I kind of mentioned it. I'm drinking the Imperial Stout, and this is aged in smoke wagon barrel bourbons, bourbon barrels. Man, I swear my other beer was light. Um, this one is not. It's a 9.6% Imperial Stout. Um, I'm a huge fan of smoke wagon bourbon as well. Um, so absolutely quality in these two. But uh, they use pale caramel chocolate. It, you know victory roast and black malts um to get this super super dark beer um you know it, it, it does have that espresso and, and kind of coffee flavor to it so 
it's not as thick as I thought it was. So I'm I'm excited to drink this. That's actually my my it's favorite that, stout, oh. dude. Is that Imperial Stout aged in the smoke wagon barrels? Mm-hmm. I'm actually becoming more and more of a fan a fan of stouts recently. It depends. As long as they're not super thick, I can drink it. Um, if they're really thick, if it's like drinking a milkshake, I I'm not a big fan of the dark beers that are that are like that. So, but this one this one's good at least at the you know temperature I have it. So yep. I'm stoked. Nice man. What are you drinking? So what's number two? I'm drinking a beer from Equilibrium Beer Beer Company. And if you nice. uh, you know watched any of the stuff on Pints of Love, Pints of Love featured them. They were one of the 22 breweries that was on there. And the reason why I became familiar with this, this brewery is from Pints of Love. And just listening to the owner and the head brewer talk, I mean, the owner is an MIT graduate. You know, he has a, a, mm. a PhD in engineering or whatever the fuck he has it in. And Equilibrium Brewing Company is like basically like a ingenious brewing. Like that's how they look at themselves, right? Science, science yeah. the science of brewing. So I got this on Tavour. You can go to devour.com or download the devour app and use promo code taproom for $10 off your purchase of $25 or more. So this is actually a devour beer bin. You can find nice. equilibrium on devour. This is the max or mass fluxes double IPA. Um, and so far so good, man. Like uh, I've had a, one of their other beers and I liked it. I actually was drinking it on one of our uh, lives on Instagram. So it's my second beer nice. from them. So far, so good, man. What percentage is 8. that? Point one. So this is a heavy. It's actually not. It's Ooh, not like eight. a total heavy double IPA, but it's heavy. Yeah. Thick. But you're not drinking six of them. That's yeah, not sure. one. This is the one hitter quitter. Yeah, puts me to sleep. Yeah. Love it. All right, well, let's hop into pour me another. I'm starting it off this week, taking over, leading Pour Me Another off. So <laughs> Pour Me Another is our headline news story uh, part of the segment. This week, not a lot going on because NBA was on the break. You know, We covered a lot talking about the All-Star game, covered the over-unders in MLB. So this is kind of where you get some news. We haven't really talked to NHL, so we're going to kick it off with some NHL then. So Washington Capitals forward Tom Wilson was suspended seven games on Saturday for his hit that sent Boston Bruins defenseman Brandon Carlo to the hospital. Under terms of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, or CBA, and based on his average annual salary, Wilson will forfeit $311,000 roughly. This is now his fourth suspension. When is enough enough then? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the point where it is. And it's getting to a point where he's been in this season now for, you know, eight years and has had four major suspensions, you know, four hits to the head, or at least now five, excuse me. His first suspension was in 2017, where he, um, he had a late hit on Robert Thomas, and that resulted in two-game suspension. Uh, he got a four-game suspension for boarding. Um, Again, in the preseason, he got uh, suspended for three games due to a legal check to the head. He got suspended for 20 games as a result to a legal check to the head. So, I mean, now he's he got Brandon Carlo, who went straight to the hospital after that hit. And all Wilson is is an enforcer. And I do see the, the need for enforcers in the game. I do see the need for fighters, 
but if you're being so negligent to other people's uh, health, well-being, there's no spot for that. Yeah, there's no spot. I I agree. Um, when I first saw the hit last night, though, in, in real time, it didn't look as bad to me. Um, it kind of looked like he was going down and the dude just kind of bent down. But then in replay, it looks a lot worse. So you know, I'm not really too familiar with Tom Wilson to be like, oh, this dude's a dirty player. Because I remember when the Sharks had, uh, we got one dude we got that used to always get suspended. He came from Arizona. Oh, um, um. Redhead. Um, oh I know, my his God. name's fucking slipping my mind, dude. But he was like a... I, I had dinner next to him at He was considered uh, a Georgia dirty OG. player. And yeah. when he's on your team, though, you love to have those kind of guys, dude, that just, like, are Absolutely. just scrappy and get after it. But, yeah, dude, some things are, like, borderline fucking dirty and shit. That's the problem with enforcers, dude. That's the way it's always been, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, I mean, fine. Um, if he continues to do it, then, I mean, I think you have to take some steps. Hopefully, he learns his lesson this time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to our, you know, second and final. We're, we got a short week here. But, uh, I mean, we had a crazy week for UFC. Um, you know, we saw Jamev retire. You know, that's ne- not necessarily big news. But... It was it was interesting, especially since it was due to COVID. But let's talk about uh, Saturday night. We had UFC 259. We saw two controversial events within two of the biggest fights on the card. You know, first we saw, you know, the Yan and Izzy fight. We had the judge score the fight 49-45, which means that two rounds were scored a 10-8. And 10-8 scores means the fighter absolutely dominated those rounds. And that obviously didn't happen. So, you know, first question here is, is is there a problem with the judging in UFC? But then let's let's also look at another fight that we had. We had uh, Peter Yan lose his Bantamweight championship to Aljamain Sterling via a DQ because he needs Sterling while Sterling was on the ground. So, I mean, is this second question, is this a rule UFC should be, you know, changing? And are you okay with Jan losing his belt like that? So first, I definitely think that that's not a rule that needs changing because, I mean, you could, like, literally kill somebody hitting them with a knee like that. Um, I hate that, like, now it's trying to be blamed on his corner and shit. I think that's kind of the safe face for him. I mean, it's whatever, man. Like, you made a mistake. Like, just own up to it and, like, let's move on, right? Um... I do think, however, the judging in UFC, Ben, is, like, it's pretty horrendous. And especially with this, because I, I definitely thought Jan Blakovic or Blakovic or however you say his last name. I'm sorry, dude. You would kick my ass. But, uh, you know, Jan, dude, like, he he definitely won that fight. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But scoring it two 10-8 rounds when, like, he literally just, like, laid on top of Izzy, who he's, like, 40 pounds heavier than, you know, just laid on top of him. He didn't yeah. do anything. He didn't try to fucking punch him. He didn't try to do anything. He just laid there on top of him so he couldn't get up. And they scored that as a dominant victory, dude. Two 10-8 rounds, dude. I've never seen yeah. two 10-8 rounds like that where dude isn't, like, ap- like not grounding, pounding, Bloody, not, not submitting him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't doing anything. So this sets a bad precedent for UFC going forward. And we know how... You know dana white is about entertainment and shit like now 
this this is telling fighters like yo all you have to do is lay on a dude for half a round and you can win 10-8 yep yep absolutely absolutely um so yeah i'll start where where you just left off i think you're 100 percent right i don't think izzy won this but this battle uh i think the first problem was is that you know izzy was going up what 20 pounds uh to the next weight class and he didn't put on he didn't bulk he didn't put on that extra weight and i, I think that's on you know as absolutely it's it, it is very hard it's it's doable it's uh you know i think we we should have seen him at least put maybe five pounds ten pounds on i don't take away from 20 pounds of, of muscle yeah um but then if you're you know getting laid on then yeah you kind of should expect to lose that round 10-9 not definitely not 10-8 definitely not 10-8 so i think that's um you know it, it could have been a better fight for izzy um but it yeah the judging was trash uh the losing the belt you know due to the knee man that one's tough that one was way tough to watch like he Sterling did not get up in time. And to also all of the tweets and, you know, comments about how he's an actor and how he was just acting that he was out. Like, he does not want to win a fight that way. Oh, got, that is not how you want to win. Like, so uh, hard. Even a title. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The second that that happened, everyone was just like, oh, hey. shit. Like, that's that was bad. That was way bad. And, you know, did his corner say yes? But was it that that he was Jan was asking is it going to be illegal yes or do I kick yes so it could have been a miscommunication there but it doesn't matter you're a fighter you you need to know those rules you are a professional and the same his first fight he needs to know what's, what's up and he knew that he was he still had a knee on the ground facts dude absolute facts that's bad um Ben before we move on to the next segment the guy I was thinking of for the Sharks is Rafi Torres. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Rafi Torres, dude. Just I have a picture of him and Justin Demers. Wait, you chilling on you were you took a picture with them or you just took a picture of them? No, okay, with them. I was gonna say that's kind of Justin Demers. That's kind of stalker issue. You just take a picture of them. I I did uh I did ask them if I could take a picture as they were eating dinner. Fucking so but we were we were literally sitting we were literally sitting next to hey, them. Can I take a picture with you guys? Yeah, huge sharks fan. Can I take a picture? <laughs> yep. Gosh. And Dan straight. And they got up and uh I was actually bigger than both of them, which was yeah, dude, hockey players are small, bro. Yep. It's crazy. But they still could destroy me. So especially Rafi. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, they're like yep. They're still crazy ass motherfucker. You gotta be crazy to do that shit, bro. Oh yeah. All right. Well, anyways, oh, yeah. now it's that time. It's the best time of the night. It's time for best bets. And last week, when we came into the show, we were hot. We were like thirteen and one that weekend, talking all kinds of shit. And I said this was gonna be four and zero. Dude, you did, and it ended up being a piece of humble pie, dude. And that's honestly, that's usually what happens in betting, though, dude. You get hot, you go through. It's like roller coaster. It's just about hitting fifty-five percent, man. That's what you want to do. And you're doing that on the year, Ben. You're nine and seven. You're over five hundred. Tough week last week, but we're gonna bounce back. 
So last week you had the parlay Tampa Bay over Dallas and Senators over Canadians. Canadians did you dirty, bro. You were looking for a bounce back. Well, I, I should have known. The the Senators, uh, I shouldn't have put my own Senators. It was tough, but you lost Never. that. And then you had Utah over New Orleans minus six and a half. And that was a loser, loser, loser. So let's bounce back this week. We're going to bounce back. So what's your two best bets for this week, man? Yeah, uh, since we don't have, uh, you know, NBA till Wednesday, and I know we're going to be talking about it on uh, Square Shark. So um, I'm going to go NHL. I'm going to double up on NHL for Monday or er, for Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm going to give you guys, you know, excuse me, for Monday and Tuesday. Let me double check that. Oh, double checking. I wrote down Tuesday and Wednesday, but uh, I, I want to make sure because I'm pretty sure it is uh, Colorado. Avs. Call you. You put Colorado money line. Yeah, Monday, money Monday and Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so Monday we are gonna go Colorado over the Avs. Colorado over the Avs. They be, are the uh, Avs. I'm sorry. Yikes. Over Arizona. Colorado over Arizona. Yep. Colorado over Arizona. Um. Arizona is kind of struggling right now. They've got Darth Kemper on at day to day. I don't think he's going to be back, but that is that just means more trouble for uh, for the Coyotes. You got Auntie Ranta, who's yes, he's three and two right now, but he's allowing 3.38 goals per game. That's like Martin Jones numbers right there. So that is uh, <laughs> that is not good when you're going up against a team who puts goals in like the Avalanche do. Um, you know, putting up over three goals a game. So we're going to start with, uh, you know, Colorado money line over the abs. And we're going to parlay that with St. Louis over my San Jose Sharks because who is in goal? It's going to be Martin Jones. And, uh, you know, he is allowing 3.84 goals against. So that's tough. Um, even if Dubnik's in one and five, that's tough too, especially sitting at 3.49 goals a game. Both of them are sub 90% on their save percentage. So it's it, it's a hurting time for the Sharks. And St. Louis scores 3.2 goals a game. St. Louis also wins their first uh, game in the series every single time this year. They've won game one out of the series. And this is going to be the first game. First of one. But, uh, you know, so we're going to go... Colorado money line over uh, Arizona and St. Louis money line over the Sharks. Then we're going to go to uh, Wednesday and we are going to go Philadelphia over Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is one of those teams, you know, like the Sens, which I should have taken my own words uh, last week, that we are, you know, auto betting against. They are, it's tough right now. 2 and 11 in their last 13 since they had their little break for COVID. Um, I mean, their seventh straight loss just happened last uh, last night against or tonight against uh, the Islanders. So it is it is tough times for a team that we definitely thought was going to be better, you know, than they were last year. Six and fourteen, you know, over the whole season. So we're going to take that money line, and we're also going to take Tampa Bay over Detroit. Detroit is struggling, uh, but that's not why I'm taking this bet. I'm taking this bet because of the way that the Lightning played today. Uh, they were down three to nothing, and they came back, destroyed Chicago six to three. So even if they build themselves a hole, they're coming out of it, and uh, and they're gonna find a way to win. So let's uh, let's parlay Philly and uh, Tampa Bay. 
for for Tuesday. Nice man, and we'll get that W. I love it. We're bouncing back big this week. We are gonna bounce back and get some winners. Last week I was one for one, and I had a terrible beat, man. I I had one of the worst beats of the week last week. I had Mavs minus seven. Yep. They ended up winning by six, and they were up by like 18 with like two minutes to play and ended up not covering. It was the most bizarre shit. And they missed the free throw at the end, which would have fucking at least made it a push. But we took the L there, but we, we bounced back. We had over 234 and a half Jazz Pelicans and that, that went way over. So this week we're gonna start it off. We're gonna go over 148, 148 and a half BYU versus Pepperdine. You know, the last 10 meetings between these two, six, two, or I'm sorry, eight and two uh, over under. So they're hitting the over under huge. Pepperdine's last, you know, handful of games, they're scoring 78, 90, 74, 82. They're scoring a ton of points. And BYU in their own right is a high scoring team. On the flip side, BYU is pretty good defensively, but the last three meetings between these two, one, one, and one on the over under, and they're averaging over 148 points a game. So we're going over 148 and a half. My second best bet is actually going to be over five and a half goals for the Colorado Avalanche and um, Arizona Coyotes. That's her name, right? Arizona, not Phoenix anymore. Yep. And the reason being is Colorado yep. has a ton of injuries, dude. A ton of guys that are going to be out, especially on the defensive end. Eric Johnson, Gilbert, uh, Make, McCarr, and Byram. So, I mean, you're talking four guys that are normally on their defensive lines that are not playing. Uh, so, I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. You know, the last uh, last time these teams played, it was 6-2. to two. So I'm looking at that, and I'm hoping that is more of a kind of game we're going to see. And Colorado obviously won that game, so I like Colorado money line too. But I think the over 5.5 is the play here. So I'm going to lock up over 5.5 goals here, Ben. Nice. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Great bets. Hopefully we can uh, we can turn this around because I don't like 1-3. and three. Oh. That does not – that doesn't put a good ring in my oh. ear. So. But, uh, what does put a good ring in my ear is these uh, these beers that we're yes. drinking. Um, I I definitely want to hear about your two. Uh, you know, are you there, God? It's me, Raspberry. Uh, what a name! Absolute great name. And then uh, the Moss Flux for your double IPA there. Yep. So, tell me, how were your beers? So the Hey God, are you hearing me? It's me, Raspberry beer. That one's good. It was a good a good sour. Wasn't my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. I would definitely drink it again, though. Um, I'm gonna give it a 3.95 out of five. Good beer. I drink it again. Wasn't my favorite for the Mass Flux yep. uh, Double IPA. This is a very good Double IPA. The taste is is great. Citrusy has a lot of uh, you know easy to drink Double IPA. Mouthfeel is is beautiful. Uh, I honestly don't know what hops are in it. Um, because they don't even say on here, but it's a it's a good double IPA, man. I would drink it again. I'm gonna give this one a four point. I'm gonna give it a four point one out of five, Ben. Nice. How about okay. yours? I like that. Right here with the, about the um, stout. So first one. Yeah, should I should I start, yeah, with, start the with the stout? Start with the stout. Got to um, hear your opinion on the stout. 
All right, so I had the uh, the Tanaya Creek Stout. Uh, this was the Imperial Stout coming in at 9.6%, um, aged in smoke wagon bourbon barrels. Um, I like this a lot better than the one that we had previously on the show um, back at, at Christmas time. It didn't necessarily have that overly, you know, uh, you know, bourbony taste right. to it like we saw in the other one. Um, this one was definitely a lot more uh, kind of mellow and balanced throughout the beer. Um, but it, you could definitely still tell that it was aged in bourbon, bourbon barrel. So I, I definitely enjoyed that. Um, it is, it's really easy to drink. It doesn't have that thickness to it. Um, you know, I'm not quite done yet, but it has warmed up a little bit and it's still not a struggle to drink this beer. Um, it almost has a little bit of that, you know, almost of a, an, an ale, type of of kind of drink down to it and i i enjoyed it i definitely enjoyed it i'm gonna give this one you know i I don't have much stout wise to compare it to um but it's a beer that i would go out of my way to get i really i want to try the imperial stout while we're there um just to you know taste it without the you know without the the smoke wagon barrel aged and I want it like super fresh. So I'm looking forward to trying that there. And, um, but I'm going to give this one a, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Um, it is a really, it's, it's one of the top stouts that I've had. Um, again, I don't drink a lot of stouts. So if you're a stout fan, don't necessarily take my word. I think you'll still enjoy this. Um, but on my scale, it's going into 4.5. So. Nice, dude. I like that stout too, and I that's also, that's actually the the stout that made me start drinking more stouts. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. damn, this is a good stout. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like it. I think porters are a little too a little too much for me still, but well, we'll see. We'll definitely see. I haven't tried a porter in a long time, so things could have. How about changed. your other beer? Um. The other beer was the Hopworks Urban Brewery. Um, this one was this one was all about the can art for me when I first bought it. Um, it is it's a frog with beer, you know, with a beer can top as an eyes. Um, it is a, an organic IPA, and or sorry, organic pale ale. And this is the the one that had the uh, the crazy hops in it. And this was a this was a great pale ale. Um, you know, I couldn't necessarily tell the difference of you know, the fuggle hop, but I'm sure it, it definitely has its, uh, you know, specific floral, you know, notes to it. Um, it was juicy. It, uh, it definitely had that kind of dankiness to the smell to it. And it was, it was a crisp beer. It was easy to, to drink, um, you know, crystal clear. So I'm going to give this one a four out of five. I have not been to Hopworks yet, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely one I'd like to like to try next time i go up to portland so and at 5.4 you can drink oh, it yeah that's the big thing drink it all night dude drink like 10 of those motherfuckers yeah. put them down 10 would still be a little tough but shit i could do it yeah yeah <laughs> i can hell do yeah. it hell yeah it's gonna be us on watching march madness for a weekend dude yeah. <laughs> i'm fine with that i am fine with that a little bit of water in between, maybe one, but uh, and and no driving, no driving, but uh, but yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, everybody, make sure to uh, to check out 
you know, our Instagram live, when we do go live on the 21st, we are going to be live from Tanaya Creek Brewery in Las Vegas. Um, I'm stoked. I have in, really enjoyed Tanaya's beer and, um, you know, always hear, you know, good things from when you have it as well. So it's, it's going to be a ton of oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, make sure to, to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast so you can make sure that you can uh, you can watch us there. Uh, but you can also check out, you know, our other social media networks. We were on Twitter at Taproom underscore sports. You can check out Jordan's, which is, you know, always getting the hits on the bets. Hitting, um, at Jordan Rules TSB. I think we hit five Man. out of seven days last week. It is popping. That's making a ton of money. Popping. A ton of money for everybody. Yep. I mean, we're on Facebook, search, you know, Taproom Sports Podcast. Um, we have a cards Instagram. You can go at Taproom Sports Cards, um, you know, and check out our, our breaks that we're doing there. Um, or you can just go to our, our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com, where you can find everything and uh, even our merch that's uh, in collaboration with the glory. So, I mean, while we're talking taproom sports stuff, we got to talk about the Network's podcast. And you can check out APR on Tuesday, on Thursdays, where Jordan and I are joined by Steady Eddie Martin and Tiffany from Picks Wide Chicks to talk about all the offseason NFL oh, news. Yeah. We play games. You know, we have a ton of fun on there, especially during the offseason. Well, we have a ton of fun on there all the yeah. time. But with these games, it is it is Put great. out some good prop bets uh, make sure for to- the draft. Some great... Yeah. Great, definitely have been. great prop bets. yep it's it's been a ton of fun it's been a ton of fun we're not uh, necessarily sticking to the individual games so i love it um make sure to check out the program jordan and brian are talking college sports we've got square sharks out multiple times a week we we are making yeah money yes, ton of money man I mean, before last week we were what thirteen and so one, total and then uh, 14, just last week we were total were fourteen two and one in our last two 14. and a half weeks on there. Wait, yeah. that's a that's lot of hate, money there. Dude. A lot of money there. Yep. Um. So yeah, make sure to, uh, we're 16, to check that two out. And one. I'm sorry, you know, Ben. Sixteen two and one. Sixteen. Yeah, I knew we were more than one one win from that up from that yeah, 16 uh, but uh oh yeah i mean check that out jordan steady eddie and i discuss you know the individual games and i love how we do it we don't come in there with a bet we talk out the best bet of those games and it's it's working out wonderfully yeah. um make sure to uh to check out Tavour. jordan mentioned it earlier but uh i mean really it is an absolutely great website and app it's some great uh, you can get Great beers delivered straight to your front door from breweries all around the U.S. Go to Tavour, that's T-A-V-O-U-R.com, or download the Tavour app and just use promo code TAPROOM. You get 10 bucks off the first purchase of $25 or more.